We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Roto Grinders? Welcome back to another NFL podcast here talking about the preseason. Once again, hopefully you guys tuned in to our podcast that was talking about Friday Slate. Friday Slate went pretty well. Uh, I kind of got caught up on it at the end there, but in general, feeling pretty good about the preseason currently. And Saturday we have you know the rest of the NFL, the majority of the NFL playing here now. So we have six total games split up on the two sites, different uh, site sizes apparently because these two sites just can't you know, work in sync. We have a four-game main slate on DraftKings, and FanDuel split that up into three and two. Uh, sorry, three and three, which I, I'm not a fan of. I wish they could just, you know, be in sync there, but not meant to be. But we're going to be talking once again about some NFL preseason. And NFL is already here, obviously, and we're more than ready than ever. With our team of experts and tools, you can let RG handle the legwork so you can work less and win more this upcoming NFL season. Get access to everything we have to offer at a special discount available only to those without an RG subscription. You can get a full season subscription for $50 off at a limited time only price of $375 for the entire season. Pretty good deal there. So do not miss out on that. Oh, we have that nice discount going. Without further ado, let's get into it. We're going to go position by position. Like I mentioned, two different slates. We're going to break it down into the DraftKings slate. It's just a little bit easier. I feel like more people are playing DraftKings etc. And I like their main slate a little bit more. I'll touch on the early slate as well uh, briefly, but for the most part, it's going to be a main slate. Here. We're going to go position by position. Let's start with the quarterbacks here. Let's talk Zach Wilson off the top. We, we didn't see much of him in the Hall of Fame game, but we did see a little bit of him. You know, he threw, I think, five or six passes, including a 57-yard completion. Um, but they got rid of Chris Striebler. So, you know, he's out of the picture here. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is not going to play. be pretty surprising to see him at all. This preseason, although there have been some rumblings that he would be willing to play one game, I, I, I doubt we see it, and I think that's going to lead to the Zach Wilson show. And I think that with the Jets not going out and signing anybody, that bodes well for for what they want to see for Zach Wilson. I'd be pretty surprised if we see him play any less than a quarter and a half here. You know, we we've seen it with a guy like Drew Locke who played almost three quarters the other night. Uh, we've seen it with a couple other guys who are sort of stuck behind a veteran quarterback and you know this is a good chance for them to see him and i think this is a perfect time for zach wilson uh, a couple other names that stick out easton stick sounds like he's going to play 
uh, majority of this game. There's a chance that he even plays more than a full half. Obviously, Herbert's not going to play. And Max Dugan is the rookie quarterback here. We might see a little bit. Um, Dugan would be really interesting if we saw him play an entire half. But by all accounts, it sounds like we're going to see a lot of Easton Stick. Um, could play between two and three quarters here. And obviously, if he does play three quarters, he's going to be in contention for the most playing time amongst any quarterback on the slate. Now, if you want to play Max Dugan in tournaments, I'm all about that. I think it's extremely interesting. I think it could be something like what we saw with Malik Cunningham on Thursday night where, you know, maybe not all the playing time in the world, but really exciting runner, right? Obviously, Malik Cunningham had that rushing touchdown. Dugan was a great runner and a great improviser in college. So we could see something very similar there. So Stick, I do give the current edge to because of reports saying that he could, you know, see a good portion of this game and the Chargers do need to see what they have with him as the backup to Herbert for this year. So I think that kind of falls in line there. Um, but Dugan, I think, is in play as well. Cooper Rush for the Cowboys here. Obviously, Dak Prescott uh, sounds like he's not going to play at all in the preseason. Um, so that's going to lead, leave us with a lot of Cooper Rush time. We've seen Cooper Rush be productive at times in the regular season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do so here. Not expecting him to have a whole lot of starters on the outside, but we'll touch on it a little bit. I like some of the weapons that Cooper Rush is going to have to work with here. He's got a couple of tight ends who I think are going to be able to make uh, make some plays in the passing game. A couple of pretty exciting receivers as well. So uh, I like Cooper Rush quite a bit here. I think he'll probably play, you know, two. I think two quarters is a pretty reasonable projection here. They can sort of split uh, the playing time down the middle with Cooper Rush and Will Greer. Um, but obviously I wouldn't, I, I, I don't feel overly confident saying this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper Rush plays a little bit more than half. Um, next on the board here, Nathan Rourke. Uh, Jags are expected to play their starters very limited, uh, limit, limited size here. And they do have CJ Beathard, who's going to be the QB too. Um, he's dealt with some injury stuff Beathard has throughout the offseason. And one beat writer said to, quote, expect plenty of Rourke on Saturday. So, I, I, you know, might come back to bite me, but I'm taking that for, for face value there. And I'm expecting to see a lot of Rourke. Um, I'm not overly excited by the talent, but if he's going to play two and a half, three quarters, uh, I think right now we haven't projected for two to three quarters. That's a really good projection. And, and obviously playing time is key on Friday. We saw Logan Woodside play literally every second um, that the offense was on the field. He played every snap and he didn't really produce much. So time does not always equal uh, points there, but it, it's definitely a good start, a good place to start. So a couple other names here, Tyler Huntley and Matt Corral. These guys are in similar positions. Um, Huntley, obviously, he, we, we know what he can do, right? Baltimore knows what he can do. So I would be pretty surprised if they run him out there for a ton. But a lot of reports cir circulating that this is a pretty intense QB2 competition. So maybe they you know, give Huntley a little bit more time to prove himself. They do have three quarterbacks after Lamar here. Uh, Josh Johnson, a guy, another guy who kind of know what you have with him there. Anthony Brown, we saw a little bit. Last year as well, not a lot of exciting options here. If Huntley plays a half, I think he's a fantastic option. I just don't know if he plays that much just because of the fact that they do have three quarterbacks that they can still suit up. And I'm pretty sure they're going to want to get a look at um, all three of these guys. But if we find out, hey, Anthony Brown or Josh Johnson are in street clothes, Huntley could rise up the board here real quick. Um, Matt Corral, I, I mentioned a little bit. Bryce Young is going to start, and I could see them playing up to a quarter, maybe even a little bit more for some of these starters. Frank Wright came out and said, I want to see these starters together 
you know, a lot of new things here. I want to see these guys playing together. Um, and in turn, what they're doing is they're, they're giving Andy Dalton the day off. It sounds like he's more, he's more than likely to sit here. Andy Dalton, we know what he can do. He's going to be the quarterback too here behind Bryce Young. So it sounds like they're just saying, okay, Andy Dalton, take the day off. And they, Reich said specifically, this is to get Matt Corral more reps. And anytime you're hearing that in the preseason, that's typically an interesting thing here. Um, now, does that automatically mean he's going to play a ton? No, because we could see Bryce Young play a little bit more. They still have Jake Luton as well um, to kind of round out the game here. So I'm not overly sold on saying, okay, we're going to see two to three quarters of Matt Corral. But I think two quarters is very possible here. Um, and that's that's pretty intriguing here as a GPP play. A couple early slate plays. You got both Tennessee guys, Will Levis and Malik Willis. I think th both those guys are interesting. Kyle Allen sounds like he can play upwards of a half. P.J. Walker is going to get some playing time. And then Anthony Richardson could potentially play a little bit over a quarter as well. Didn't get a ton of information from Indy. They said a quarter, give or take. So you could take away a quarter and they play zero, I suppose. But it does sound like Richardson's going to start there. Um, and yeah, for more information on that head over to uh the lineup hq there you can check out all the projections and, and all the tags there on the early slate guys all right under running backs jets running back izzy abani kanda led the team in carries uh scored a touchdown in the hall of fame game now this one's gonna be interesting because it sounds like you know with aaron Rodgers not playing once again it sounds to me like we're sort of trending into the same sort of look as what we saw in the hall of fame game now it's not to say that that's a surefire thing. I do think we're going to get some news tomorrow, so please check back in Discord and in the lineup HQ. But in terms of the guys we're going to see out there, I wouldn't be surprised to see the same sort of group where uh, Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter both rest here. Zonovan Knight has been getting a lot of hype in camp as of late. We know what we have with Michael Carter. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them sit those two guys down once again. And I think with some of the other receivers sitting out, uh, Aaron Rodgers sitting out, I think it could just trend into looking the same as it did in the Hall of Fame game. I think that would bode well for Abani Kanda. Um, so I like him quite a bit here. Malik Davis, you know, the, the Dallas situation is a little bit unique because it sounds like Tony Pollard is not going to play. It sounds like Ronald Jones is also not going to play due to injury. You do have uh, Hunter Lepke here, who is a, he's listed as a fullback slash tight end, but he was a runner in, in college. It's kind of a weird scenario where he could, so I, again, this is high praise, but and it's coming from fan sites and beat reporters, but comparing him to Kyle Juszczyk, I wouldn't expect him to be a runner or a running back that gets volume carries here. Um, and if that's the case, if he's not going to be running the ball, you're left with three running backs here, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Enrico Dowdle, who is apparently listed as the running back too on the depth chart, but also sounds like he might get cut um, from a couple of different sources. So this is kind of a scenario where there's real reason to see all of these guys. I think Malik Davis is probably going to end up being the RB2 come week one of the regular season. Deuce Vaughn's going to have his own unique role as a pass catcher and on special teams. And then Rico you know, has a chance to, to maybe fight for that last spot as well. So I think all these guys have reason to get carries here. I give Malik Davis the slight edge, um, but Deuce Vaughn, we know the explosiveness that he has. Um, so I think all these guys are in play, but I give a slight edge to Malik Davis. Uh, a couple other names here. Keaton Mitchell, 
I like him a lot today. I think he's going to be a name that goes pretty overlooked. Um, obviously, you have Melvin Gordon here, and it sounds like Melvin Gordon's going to play. I would be pretty surprised if Justice Hall plays. Um, he's obviously been injury riddled for the most of his career in Baltimore. Same for same goes for Gus Edwards. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins still on the pup list here. So if those three are in fact out, as I'm expecting, it's going to be essentially a three-way um, sort of committee between these guys for the majority of this carries here with Melvin Gordon, Keaton Mitchell, and Owen Wright. I I think Keaton Mitchell has an inside track. I'm being more of the preseason type guy, and it sounds like he might even have a good shot to beat out Melvin Gordon here, even though Melvin Gordon has had a solid camp. But Keaton Mitchell's gotten a lot of praise. He's been quick, elusive. Um, he's shown good hands, shown ability out of the backfield as well. So Mitchell's a guy that I have some interest in here. Obviously, I would like to see Justice Hill sit, like I'm sort of speculating and expecting. Um, because again, Hill, he has his job locked up. We know what he's going to do. Even if he does play, I don't know if it's going to be a whole lot. So, uh, and if that is true, if we do get confirmation on that, I'll feel pretty confident in Mitchell here. Um, Isaiah Spiller, I think is a good risk reward tournament type play here. You know, there, there are going to be some guys in this Chargers backfield that can potentially play Josh Kelly, Roundtree, Elijah Dotson, uh, Tyler Hoosman was uh, a DNP on Thursday, so maybe he's out. And then Xander Horvath, who we saw get some carries last year, he's technically listed as a fullback. So there's some guys here that could easily get work, but I feel like in terms of incentive to see a guy, it's by far Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller has a good chance to to win the RB2 role here. This is sort of what they've been planning on with him, right? Giving, giving him you know a year to, to kind of develop and now potentially take that step forward. They know what they have in Josh Kelly. They can give him zero touches and still be able to evaluate and make a decision here. I guess you can say the same thing about Larry Roundtree, but in terms of the most incentive, you know, draft capital, development time, all that stuff, I think Spiller is a guy here who's in line to have a big preseason, and that could start here uh, this week. Elijah Dotson is another guy who's gotten some hype in training camp, not a ton, but you know, just the name of a guy who's been making some plays. Um, Raheem Blackshear is another guy who is extremely interesting here. Um, sounds like the starters are going to play, but Miles Sanders is not. Uh, he's he's likely out with a groin injury. Unfortunately, Sanders is hurt again, so hopefully, you know, he's good to go by the start of regular season. You have Chuba Hubbard here, obviously, but again, another guy. You sort of know what you're getting. He's going to be involved in the regular season, so I, I think that they have incentive to sort of say, you know, hey, we're going to play you with the starters, but probably have a pretty quick leash here. I, I don't think we see Hubbard play any more than a quarter, right? And I think his playing time probably ends once Bryce Young's off the field. And after that, you're left with three running backs, Raheem Blackshear, Spencer Brown, and Cameron Peoples. Peoples has also been dealing with an injury. Raheem Blackshear is by far of these three, the one that has been hyped up the most in in training camp and in preseason so far, he's shown explosiveness, he's shown elusiveness, and he's been the best um, pass catcher of the three. So uh, I think Blackshear is an interesting play here as well. Uh, all right, a couple early slate plays. Roshan Johnson, I like him a lot in this spot. You know, we are going to see um, a spot where these two guys up top, Kula Herbert and, and Dante Foreman, are going to split carries in the regular season. I would assume, seems like everyone's going to assume that. Um, the starters are not going to play much. Uh, Everflus came out and said 
10 to 15 snaps, 7 to 12 snaps. They, apparently they have assigned snaps for everybody. How that's going to work sounds confusing to me. I'm sure they'll do a good job of keeping track. But if we're limiting these guys 10 to 15 snaps each, Herbert and Foreman will be done pretty quickly. And then after that, it's a three three running back show, right, with Roshan Johnson, who is the by far the most um, developed and, and I guess – well-rounded player of the three left, Roshan Johnson, Travis Homer, and Tristan Ebner. And, you know, it sounds like Roshan Johnson could even have a red zone role come regular season. And there have been a couple of reports that he could, quote, see the bulk of snaps on Saturday. So I'm I'm counting on a big uh, big day here for Roshan Johnson. A couple other guys in the early slate, Tajay Spears, Evan Hull, Kenyon Drake, and then James Cook, tournament play. Sounds like the starters are going to play a little bit there. Again, James Cook, pure tournament play just because he's so good and explosive he can sort of uh kind of do what someone like george pickens or jerry judy did uh on friday where they scored early on i could see james cook being that guy all right let's talk some receivers now you know i haven't had the most luck with receivers in the preseason so far did have a nice little uh calvin austin touchdown but i feel like that's going to change today i have a couple of plays that i'm really high on running backs have gone really well for me so far in the preseason, but let's talk some receivers. First up, my favorite wide receiver play of the day, Cavante Turpin. Turpin was a pro bowler last year as a return man. We know what he can do with the, with the ball in his hands. He's explosive, elusive, he's fast, he's shifty. But McCarthy came out and said, we're not even going to bother having him return kicks in the preseason because we want to get him looks at, at wide receiver. So again, another coach coming out and going out of his way and saying, we want to get this guy reps doing this or that. You don't often get that in preseason. Um, so when you do, it, it feels it feels legitimate, right? Because there is a direct incentive, direct cause to expect more looks and more volume for a guy. Um, Turpin's not a guy who is, you know, he's, he has a lock to make the team. He's going to be their return specialist. He's going he's gonna to make the team, but he's fighting for the chance to be the number four wide receiver on this team. Uh, and that's kind of what they're doing, looking at him here. Jalen Tolbert is also in that mix. He is seemingly taking that step forward in his second year. Um, and these, I like both of these guys, but I'm giving the the edge to Turpin because of A, his explosiveness, and B, because of the fact that McCarthy came out and said, we are going to get him looks. We're going to make him a focal point in the, in the preseason here. Jason Brownlee kind of let us down in the Hall of Fame game, but it wasn't due to volume. He had six targets, led the team in targets. Um, and honestly, if you're a guy who a guy or girl who likes to play the ownership game in DFS, that's this is kind of what you dream of, right? You have a guy who you liked, you liked him for a reason. He got the the volume and the opportunity, didn't do anything with it. Come right back. I'm assuming people are not going to play him in the same sort of capacity that they did uh, in the Hall of Fame game. And you know, with Zach Wilson being on the field more, which is what I'm expecting, that's an upgrade. It might not sound like an upgrade but it is for preseason context. So, uh, yeah, Jason Brownlee is a guy that I do like quite a bit here. Um, Darius Davis, fourth-round pick for the Chargers. He is an absolute burner, ton of speed. You know, the Chargers came out and they drafted two TCU receivers, one in the first round, Quentin Johnston, who also might see some playing time. I'm, I'm not sold on him seeing a ton of playing time. Again, he could see a little bit more than – what you're expecting with uh, the starters not likely to play a whole lot here. And I know Quentin Johnson isn't necessarily a, a lock to be a starter, but Josh Palmer did get banged up. So maybe he plays a little bit less because they might need him a little bit earlier on in the season. 
Um, but Darius Davis, he's going to be a guy who is likely going to contribute more in the special teams category. But you know, with Jalen Guyton hurt, with Josh Palmer banged up, with the top two guys, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, not expected to play. You have another guy, uh, actually two other back-end receivers, John Hightower and Darius Shepard, who both didn't practice on Thursday. This could potentially be a thin wide receiver group. So if that's the case, if all these guys who have gotten banged up or you know are expected or could be out are out, it could be a really thin group here. And Darius Davis is the guy who stands out to me as someone who could really take advantage of that. So I, I like Darius Davis quite a bit here. And he's an explosive guy, one of the fastest guys in the class, one of the most athletic guys in the class from the receivers. Um, so I, I like Davis quite a bit. On to the Eagles here, talking about Joseph Nada. Speaking of a top athletic prospect, Nada checks all the boxes. He didn't really perform all that great in college, but he was one of the more explosive um, high school prospects and obviously didn't really pan out uh, over there in Clemson, but he's impressing uh, a lot of folks around the Eagles camp here. He's got all the skill that you could possibly ask for. He's 6'3", he's fast, he's got a wide range uh, for a catch radius there. So just not, I like a lot. I might be you know falling a little bit into the trap of the, uh, the camp buzz there. But again, this is another guy fighting for that last receiver spot. It sounds like it's really between him Brit and uh, Britton Covey here to win this last wide receiver spot. And to me, it sounds like Nada might have the edge. So if that's the case, um, he's going to have the chance to kind of showcase that there. Uh, a couple other names, Jonathan Mingo, another guy who could potentially you know play with Bryce Young, but then maybe even see a couple of snaps there with Matt Corral as he's you know, vying for a top three wide receiver spot. But, you know, there's a, a pretty firm competition between these kind of three through five wide receivers in Carolina. Tutu Atwell is another guy that I find extremely interesting. He's explosive. He has the big play upside that you kind of like in preseason. Um, I don't know if he's going to play a whole lot compared to some of, the, some of these other receivers just because he probably has a decent chance at starting the year as the number three receiver on this team. Competing with guys like Robinson and Ben Skoranek, I think Tutu Atwell is better than both of those guys, so I wouldn't be surprised if he outright wins the wide receiver three role, but this could be a good chance for him to kind of get some uh, some reps there as well. In terms of the names for the early slate, early slate receiving slate is pretty good. Tyler Scott and Vilas Jones from Chicago like both of those names. Michael Pittman, it sounds like he could play a quarter. If that's the case, we, you know, we saw this in the preseason last year, right, where he played, I think, a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half and had a pretty solid showing. So Pittman, he could play a quarter and rag up four or five catches really quickly as he tries to find a connection there with Anthony Richardson. Josh Downs, the rookie slot receiver, uh, like him quite a bit as well. Two Tennessee guys, Reggie Roberson, Racy McMath, both fighting for uh, that last wide receiver spot there in Tennessee. And then finally, out of Buffalo, Cleo Shakir. Again, if you're looking for more of those receiver plays and projections, check out Lineup HQ for the early slate. Let's head over to everybody's favorite preseason position, the tight end. I will say I have not had a lot of fun rostering tight ends in the preseason so far. Um, there haven't been a lot of great plays. And honestly, this one, this slate's a little bit different. My favorite tight end play of the preseason so far, Charlie Kohler. This one, again, definitely want to double check on inactives and guys who aren't playing and guys who are in street clothes, all that stuff. So again, make sure you're checking in to the Discord at Roto Grinders, and make sure you're checking out Lineup HQ and you know checking out the updated version of the Core Plays article, all that good stuff, because this is going to be pretty important. But Harbaugh came out and said no established starters will play. 
Sounds like Mark Andrews isn't even going to play at all in the preseason. And to me, Isaiah likely is an established starter. He was amazing last year when he got time. He was amazing in the preseason last year. He's been amazing in, in uh, training camp. So to me, he's an established starter. So if Isaiah likely does sit, which is currently the way I'm projecting it, that leaves us with two true tight ends. You do have Ben Mason on the depth chart as well, who's a fullback slash tight end, former Michigan guy. I saw him a ton at Michigan. He's a bowling ball guy. I don't really think he's uh, a tight end, right? He's he's not really going to factor in a, a whole lot as a tight end. And maybe that means likely he's going to play a little bit just because they are pretty thin there. But we've seen it a couple times in the preseason already where a team rolls out two or three tight ends, and that's kind of how they get their business done. But if likely is indeed out with Mark Andrews, Charlie Kohler could play the whole game. Um, and so could Travis Vokalek here, who is also uh, in the mix. But Charlie Kohler is the, the interesting one, right? Kohler is a former uh, fourth-round pick out of uh, Iowa State there. He has all the intangibles. He's 6'7". He ran a, a 4'6", 7'40". Um, in the 2022 tight end draft class, he was the number two most athletic um, tight end per player profiler there. Um, and, and according to player profile profiler, number 30th all time uh, amongst tight ends in terms of athleticism. So we know what he can do uh, in terms of testing there. Last year during the regular season, he played in two games. He had six targets, four catches for 49 yards. So he's produced like obviously very limited sample size. And we know that he's tested well in terms of all this stuff. Charlie Kohler, I think, checks a lot of boxes for preseason. Obviously, this is going to come down to what the what the roster is looking like come tomorrow. And if Isaiah likely is indeed out or, or extremely limited, like I'm expecting him to be, Charlie Kohler is one of my favorite plays in the slate. Especially, you know, he's from a team that has used their tight ends exclusively, right? Like, you know, even when Huntley's been playing, even when, you know, Anthony Brown was playing, we saw them use their tight ends a ton. So it's kind of built within their system. Obviously, new system here, new head coach, or sorry, new offensive coordinator. So it's going to be a little bit different. But in terms of opportunity, I think it's going to be there for Charlie Kohler as long as things kind of go as planned. A couple other names not going to touch on too much. Hayden Hurst, again, more so if he does play a quarter and he gets to kind of keep going. Uh, with Bryce Young throughout that, you know, half quarter to a quarter. Again, hard to expect a ton, but if you racks up two or three catches in that time, um, that that's really all you can ask for for a tight end at times. Uh, another interesting prospect, Brenton Strange, who was the sixth tight end off the board in this year's draft. The Jags used a second round pick on him, late second round, but still second round pick. He's currently listed as the tight end three on the unofficial depth chart. Don't take that for too much, but there has been some buzz around Luke Farrell being the tight end two behind Evan Ingram. And that's actually interesting from a preseason perspective, you know, more reason to get looks for the rookie, more reason to use him in the preseason. So if that's the case, uh, could have some interesting little stacking opportunities here with Nathan Rourke and Bretton Strange. I know everyone kind of dreams of those scenarios, but last name that I'll throw out there for the main slate, Jake Ferguson. You know, I talked about some of these Dallas guys. Obviously, they've said that their starters or their solidified starters are not going to play much, if at all. But I don't think Ferguson is a solidified starter. I think he's fighting for this job with potentially multiple guys. You know, we saw Peyton Hendershot perform well last year at times. Luke Schoonmaker was, I think, the fourth or fifth tight end off the board, a second-round pick out of Michigan. So I think Jay Ferguson is fighting for this starting job, and I think he's going to get the sort of the respect of being the first one to potentially win this job, but Scoodmaker's also been dealing with injuries throughout training camp. 
so Ferguson could potentially see some added reps here there if uh, Schoonmaker still continue to be eased in like they have been talking about doing uh, throughout camp. But now Schoonmaker could go out there and, and play a whole lot here just because they said, oh, yeah, we're, we're done easing him in. We eased him in during training camp. But keep in mind, uh, middle of the week is when he was removed from the injury list. So we could potentially see him continue to be eased in on week one of the preseason here. Early slate, I got three names. Kylan Granson. The t- you you look at the uh, the depth chart for the for the Colts here, and you got eight or nine names for the tight end position, but five of them are injured, um, and four of them I, I think are going to be out. One of them was signed yesterday. Ricky Seals Jones is a familiar name, but he was just signed. You have Jelani Woods, Mo Ali Cox, Will Mallory, and Drew Ogletree all injured. Starters are going to play here, you know. Um, roughly one quarter is what uh, Shane Steichen said on a case by case basis. Granson could benefit a from being a starter and, and playing one quarter, uh, roughly one quarter, but he could also benefit from playing more because of all the injuries behind him. And it's not like he was just like a clear runaway number one tight end. There's a, there's some guys here that can compete. Johnny Woods, Moelle Cox, Will Mallory was a draft pick here. So um, yeah, those. I, I think Kylan Granson could play upwards of a quarter and a half here. I think he could definitely get the job done in that time. Josh Wiley, another drafted tight end who I, I think has some buzz here. Um, you know, another another guy who's not going to really have a monster role during the regular season unless he really passes uh, a couple of guys here. But they have uh, the Titans have Chico Conquo above him, who's going to be very clearly their number one tight end here. So Wiley could get some looks. Um, in the preseason here. And then lastly, Dalton Kincaid, man, he could, he could play a series uh, and then be done, which is always scary. Um, but he could play a quarter and, and really smash in that quarter. You know, he's, I think he's one of those guys who, you know, we saw it with Jameson Williams. We saw it with a couple of these young guys. We saw it with Jordan Addison where teams go, okay, we have these, we have this young weapon on the outside. Let's get him involved early. Kincaid could be that guy who racks up three, four targets and, you know, just a couple of drives because they're trying to, kind of show what they have with him. So Kincaid, I like a little bit. Um, not going to break down defenses a whole lot. If you want to, uh, you know, get a list of the tiers, head over to the the core play article over there at rotogrinders.com. Check out the projections within lineup HQ, but that's going to do it for the slate breakdown for Saturday. Make sure you guys tune back in next week for all the main slates. I think we'll be back with these podcasts for the slates above four or five games or so. So make sure you're checking those out as well. But as you guys know, NFL is here full swing now. Obviously, preseason is, you know, pretty hectic with all the news and, and stuff like that. But we're getting ready for the regular season as well. And we're more more than ready with our team of experts and tools. You can let us handle the legwork so you can work less and win more this NFL season. Get access to everything we have to offer at a special discount available only to those without an RG subscription. You can get a full season subscription for $50 off at a limited time only price of 375 for the entire year. Appreciate you guys tuning in. That's going to do it for us. I was your host, Kyle Murray, and we'll see you guys next time.